Hey there, card gamers. I'm the Lucky Carter, and this is another pack opening video. Hello, and welcome to Filling in the Gaps. I'm Justin. And I'm Don. Today, we are going to discuss a game called Inscription. This game was very new when we jumped into it. We were on it, uh, what, week one, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there were already kind of walkthroughs up, but I think a lot of the walkthroughs I saw were about the demo. Mm hmm. So let's talk about that first. Uh, there are two demo-ish versions of the game for you to try before you even jump in. So before we even need to recommend it, you can get onto itch.io and get Sacrifices Must Be Made, which was the original base idea of the game that was done, I believe, in a game jam. Yeah. But it is a complete game. Short, but complete. And you can see how so many of the mechanics that come into play in the actual game were there even in the beginning. There is a demo as well on Steam, but I think we're both going to highly recommend this one. <laughs> yeah. I will just give you the description from the Steam page because I think that it sums it up in a way that I have tried when I wrote a review and it just, this is just so much better. Uh, well, I was trying to do a um, curator review, and we have very limited characters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Inscription is an inky black card-based odyssey that blends the deck-building roguelike, escape room-style puzzles, and psychological horror into a blood-faced smoothie. Darker still are the secrets inscribed upon the cards. And I can't really do it better than that. Like that's And that's so much what I was trying to say. It's so much more than just a card game. I've played Hand of Fate... I've played Reigns, I've played a few others. They're okay, they keep my attention for a bit, but then I get really irritated with the RNG or some of the other elements. And it's so difficult, especially with something like Hand of Fate, it feels like to get the right set of cards, to get to the right ending that you want, or to build on to that story that you want. And it's it feels always like it's doing too many things at the same time. And yet this game, which seems to do that plus more, has done it in a way that I just couldn't stop playing. I think that I did most of this game within two days. I started one day and unfortunately only had a short amount of time to play and realized I should have given myself a lot more time. And then, yeah, I just pushed through and... I think I'm at about 20 hours. You want to take some of those hours away, though, because there is a part where I waited for hours and I didn't need to. We'll get to that. That's right towards the end of the game. But I think what this game has done is it's taken the card game itself and really pared it down, kind of slimmed it down to make it work in a very interesting way. And there's a bit of RNG, but it doesn't completely hinder you in the way that I feel some of the others do. And you're really focused on kind of one story and one ending, which I think helps out quite a lot. Because like I said, with some of the other games, it seems like, oh, I have to get three of this card in order to make this other card appear later on the map. And if I don't do that, then I just can't get it to work, right? So I have to to figure it out or I just won't get it because of the randomness of the game. Inscription is dark. It is 
amazingly story driven. And that's the thing is I think that it has one story. It's not the type where a lot of other card games, I feel like they want you to build the story and, oh, here are 10 different stories you can come across. This one has the one. And I think that that along with the escape room elements, being able to step away from the table and those things affecting the card game itself is what really made me interested or made me not want to stop. It always seemed like there was a new puzzle or a new secret to find, and I wanted to find them all. You also, you didn't do like I did. You didn't like bust through in two days, but you were steadily playing. Yeah, yeah. Well, just to rewind back uh, a little bit. Um, I... uh the, the the store page that uh, that you were talking about earlier, um, yeah, I was trying. I was trying. I wrote a review for this uh, for the Steam page as well, and the best I could come up with was inscription is an escape room ARG puzzle game with some FMV moments wrapped in a turn based deck building card game roguelike, and that was it. It was like, and I said, if that sounds like a lot to swallow, don't worry, it is, because yeah, it's it's so hard to put even tags on this game. It's like, what is it? I mean, yeah, it is a card game. But it's so much more than just a card game, you know? I, I really... But, I mean, th- at the same time, what to expect from a Dan Mullins game is is that, like, Pony Island uh, was a game that had so many different levels to it as well. The Hex, which you've not played, which we should play, to be honest, is... is You can see the journey from Pony Island to the Hex to, to, to Inscription. Yeah, I, I totally love this game. And I, yeah, I just kind of... I wanted to explore more with the... Like, like, what secrets could I find and things like that, and just try out different things. Because I was, yeah, I was, I was looking around a lot, and I was trying different things with the board, and, and I wanted to solve like, what's this hammer for? You know, what, when do I get to use this? And <laughs> right, I know we're in the spoiler-free section, but as far as we know, you don't get to nothing. use the hammer. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll save you a bit of time on that because. I certainly tried a number of things to make the hammer work and was disappointed I couldn't get it. There's one thing, though, about Dan Mullen's games as well, is that he, and this may be a bit, some people might not like this, but he tends to, he did it with the Hex, where he released the game, people finished it, and then a while later, he's like, oh, you might want to have another look at that because he updated something. And he puts in other endings and adds, like, he's got stuff saved away squirreled away even um <laughs> we'll yes get to all right i was waiting for that one i'm glad we got that one out of the way early um so he's got stuff squirreled away and he releases it later so it's like you might think yeah i've beat it but now it's like oh, i've got to go back and find more stuff but i like that i'm happy with that i'll be back i think when it comes to this game i'd be happy to go back and i think that that is the strongest recommendation that we can make you've already jumped back in to try some new things. Yep. I was so itching to want to jump back in as soon as I finished because there were just so many things I was thinking, what if I did this or what if I tried something like that? And then I was here when you tried one of those and it just blew my mind like, oh, Oh, this can totally change the game in so many ways. There's so many ways to do this. I found another one since then as well. Oh, great. I can't wait to hear about that. (laughs) There's just so many interesting things to do. You can play it as it is, but there are tricks that you can come across. Some of them you can find through reading the achievements. What are the achievements for? 
And some of them, you just have to guess. And I think with this game, like with any card game like this, a roguelike card game, you are going to be starting over and you have to figure out a new strategy and how do the cards work. And especially in this game where you have different stops that do different things, you need to start understanding what do the symbols mean. Which ones to avoid. <laughs> and which ones to aim for. And it's just visually a beautiful game. Yeah, yeah. In different ways, but we can't get into that until we get into the spoiler section. But the strongest recommendation that I can give is I want to play again. And Darren wants to play again. And we might come back to a game, but usually years later, we're not the type to finish and immediately go, oh, can I start over? Yeah, that's unusual for both of us, I think. And yeah, I'm done. I've seen everything that I want to see. I think I've got everything. And I started, once I finished it, I started reading up on like the wiki pages and seeing people's uh, ideas and thoughts on stuff. So I didn't spoil myself beforehand. Um, but I still want to go back, even though I'm pretty sure I've pieced together most of the story. But yeah, I want to see it for myself too, you know? But one of the main recommendations I could give for this is I'm not big on card games. We played a lot of Hearthstone back in the day. Yeah, there, there was a period where we had friends that were playing, and so we were playing, and I played far longer than I was actually enjoying it. Yeah, me too. It was it just became a chore, really. But the good thing is, and a lot of my friends on Steam have said, I don't like deck building games. But I said to them, but at the same time, that's only a part of this mechanic. It does feel like a really, it is a huge chunk of the game, but it's easy enough for noobs to get into and to understand, like me. I mean, I'm not, I'm not no, no genius for card building games. I'm terrible at them, actually. But I felt like I could get a handle of this. And the game is designed well enough that you will get it. And there's other things to do, too. I would say if your fear is you don't like deck building games, that's not what this one is. Yeah. Because you start with four cards and then you build them as you go. This isn't the type of game where... It's not where, magic. Yeah, you're not trying to gather thousands of cards to choose the 25 that you yeah, think Yeah, you're not trying to build some meta deck that's going to beat something. Nah, it's not like that. It's not like that. And you're typically going against enemies that are programmed and they're be yeah they're programmed to be beatable with what you've got they're unfair like oh, yeah. they oh, yeah. definitely <laughs> have a big advantage but it's not like you are going against somebody for example like i was playing hearthstone for free but then you come across people that have nothing but top tier cards yeah that can just be gutting you won't really encounter that in the same way in this yep. game. And I think that that is a huge bonus to, yes, I can do this. Plus, it's the type of thing where I do it and then I'm done. If I were to get into magic and really get into it, I'd have to play a month probably before I even really felt like I got the basics. And then be months after that where I'd be trying to do some other things. And of course, you have to play every day so that you can get your whatever the daily bonus is. Mm. If it's anything like Hearthstone... Oh, you need to get your wind so that you can get your dust. Yeah. This is not like that. There is an ending and there might be others, like you said. There might be more added mm, later. I hope so. But that finality gives me what I need in a game to really want to push through. Yeah, that's what makes it a game rather than a card game. Yeah, it's like there is an ending. 
you can choose to go back and play the card game again, but I don't feel that that's the main draw of the game for me anyway. And with that, I think we need to really start talking about the game. So if you have not played Inscription, again, either play Sacrifices Must Be Made or the Inscription demo that is on Steam. See if it feels like something you want to play. It's overwhelmingly positive. A ridiculous number of reviews already. Yeah. Dan Mullins has a great reputation as a developer. Devolver has a great reputation as a publisher. And you've got both of those putting this game out. So from both of us, we recommend Play Inscription. If you've not played, and I highly recommend that you play before you listen to this one, go out, play Inscription, come back, and uh, we'll still be here for you. So if you have not played, here's your spoiler warning. In an unusual turn of events, Darren has pages of notes and I have none. I have pages of notes and (laughs) post-its. I basically wanted to come at this one with a much more just kind of open conversation feel to it. There is a flow to the way the game works, the multiple acts. I would like to kind of keep things contained to within the act, like talk about act one, act two, and act three. But otherwise... The game could be done in so many different orders, so many different things that you could have found that I didn't find. Uh, There were tips that we were helping each other out with throughout. So I really just kind of want to have a conversation about it and talk about why we like it, what worked, and of course, a bit of the story and how that works. I love the opening. You jump into the game, there's that same... (laughs) I mean... The voices, the way they do the kind of musical sounds, that's even from Pony Island, you yeah. get bits of that. So, And I'm assuming in the Hex as well, right? Yeah, because it's the same sound guy. The sound guy is a guy called uh, Jonah Senzel, and he's done all, he basically does all the music and he does all the sounds, I think. And Dan Mons does everything else. So it's like these two guys run the show and yeah so he's just like using the same sounds for Pony Island and the Hex and now this yeah it works so well yeah it's perfect (laughs) I can't even do that voice it's like some weird Nintendo kind of speech speech bubble thing we are facing an enemy that we can't really see we can just see his eyes we are stuck scary eyes we are stuck in a cabin in what appears to be a storm Mm. there are all sorts of things to look around. Of course, you don't start that way. You have to start by playing the game, I you believe. You the tutorial first, yeah. Where you have to learn to play a squirrel, a zero-one squirrel. And if you want to play anything better, like the stoat, you have to sacrifice it. The noble stoat. <laughs> Interesting how in sacrifices must be made. The stoat is very noble, but in this game, he's just really irritating. Yeah. Yeah. I do not feel that you are noble in this game, sir. <laughs> I did like Sacrifice Must Be Made, though, for its darkness as well. I was like, who's that behind you? <laughs> you know, he keeps on talking about that. Um, but yeah, you can totally see, like, just... I think what happened was Dan Mullins got into Magic, the Gathering, actually, and then that's where he got the idea for... I think sacrificing is a mechanic from Magic, the Gathering, 
but he took it to be way darker as <laughs> he probably would. And, and yeah, so yeah, we're, we're, we've got this, yeah, we've got, what was it? The, the stoat. Uh, and then, yeah, you get blood from the sacrifice, then you can play the stoat. And the stoat has got obviously an attack power. But I love how he says, like, I love, I love the, the, the cabin guy. Oh, we can say his name now, yeah? Yeah. yeah We're in the spoiler section, so Le- yeah. So Leshy. Leshy is the, is the, I guess I would say the druid. If we're going to go by themes, it's like druid, wizard, um, necromancer. Necromancer, and then, well, I guess, mechanic. Me- te- <laughs> Robots. Technology, maybe. Yeah, yeah technology. Um, but yeah, so Leshy is, um, he's the guy for me who just wants to play the game. And he loves the game and he loves the rules and he loves, he's like this top tier kind of card player who just like, all of us are just scum. <laughs> you know, we don't know how to play. We don't have an appreciation for the game. That is part of what he says. How long before I get another decent challenge? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I just, I just love this. This is, and again, this is great scaffolding for a game that I, yeah, I'm terrible at card, card games. So it's like, this was really good because it's just like, here's what you do. And then at one point he's just like, okay. I'll just skip my turn, which made me feel quite bad. Because I was like, am I really that bad? You don't, you don't even want to hit me back. He does that always. Right, right. I will say this. Uh, it was a bit difficult. Normally, Darren is way ahead of me on most games that we're playing. So it's very difficult to not say too much when I was trying to give him hints or explain things. Yeah, because there's a lot of spoiler stuff that you could have yeah, gone I was Because I was saying stuff and then I remembered what I said to you and I was like, oh yeah, Justin really held back on that comment. I was trying so hard. There were so many times I was like, ah, oh, if I just tell him this it would solve so many of yeah. his problems. I did give him a few hints just to save him some time because there are a few things that just are ridiculous if you don't do them correctly. Uh, you stumbled a lot more with part one than I did. I was stuck on part one for 10 hours, I think. I think it took me 10 hours to beat part one. You know, maybe not then. Uh, oh, really? I. It's just that I did it in a day. I did like 10 hours All in a right, day. Okay. And <laughs> so it didn't feel as long to me because I did it in one day. But you were kind of starting over every day for like a week before yeah. you got through, it seemed. And of course, like I found it very, very difficult. And I think that I only made it through on the run I did because I got a very lucky set of things that happened. Mm-hmm. But there are a few other things that I knew, as I know my friend, he doesn't always pay attention to what they say <laughs> or the instructions. And for me, the best card in the game is Ouroboros, where it has the beautiful... It will die, but reappear in your hand. And it costs two for two sacrifices, two blood for a 1-1 card. However, each time it dies, it becomes stronger. So it very quickly becomes way overpowered. That's insane, because by Act uh, 2 and 3, the Ouroboros is... Well, for Act 3, the Ouroboros is six energy to play. So it's not two, it's not two sacrifices. I don't know if six energy equals two sacrifices in terms of like mathematically but i don't think so it's like an end of game play card you know um but yeah so i didn't even find i don't even i still don't think i've got the ouroboros where did you find it i think that's one you get when you beat a boss you can choose that one 
Oh, I think I must have skipped over then. Because you probably, probably saw, saw the cost. Yeah, like a two-two for two. I was like, okay. nah. If you didn't read what the description said, because yeah. Leshy says something about, oh, this card is interesting. Watch as it dies or something. Mm-hmm. Something they hinted to me exactly what it was going to do. And yeah. I was like, oh, I need to try this card. You probably showed me a, a Mantis God. And I was like, yep, I'll be having that. <laughs> well, that was definitely one of my, my early choices. Let's talk a little bit about the cabin. Mm-hmm. Because I have a feeling we're going to get really stuck on the card game and then mm. forget. Well, yeah, I want to talk about the map for sure. The map was, was really interesting. But the cabin, yeah, let's go for the cabin. So let's talk about the cabin. Uh, there's the wand and hammer, which as far as we know, you can't access. Not yet. There is the clock, which has an upper door and a lower door. Yep. There is the safe with the combination. Picture on the wall, a painting. There is the set of figurines, mm-hmm. which I believe grows as you beat some of the bosses. Right. There's a weird basket under that, which occasionally has a card, which I grabbed, but I'm not exactly sure what it did. Or Me neither. <laughs> I have no idea. There is the skull on the wall that you can tap and the eyes glow red. Mm-hmm. Did we ever figure out if that actually did anything? I have a theory that it does something like if you tap on it, you get, uh, I think you get a bone when you go back to the table. Okay. That would be worth exploring. There is later, there'll be the goo jar who will talk to you and give you hints. There's a spot for a plant pot for some reason. (laughs) Yeah. There is the cabinet. Yeah, but just before the cabinet, there's the squirrel. Oh, yeah. 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 With an empty hexagonal spot, which is clearly for the wolf statue hidden in yeah. the... Squirrel holding, knife, a, really holding a knife. Yeah. yeah, it's in the cage, and yeah. we have to uncage the wolf. There is the cabinet, like you said, with the four different puzzles. I struggled a lot with those puzzles. I didn't. I just seemed to just, like, blast my way through them, but I had no idea what I was doing at all. And I still don't. Even in pose level, there were, there were some quite hard ones... But I was just like, up, down, up, down, up, up, down, down. Just like, just randomly getting through them. Here is the situation. The situation is you're meant to look at the setup and set it up to win. So you get your five out of five. To win, you have to beat your opponent by five points. And the first one I think I was able to just do, I was just able to mess around with it. And I sort of understood what was happening but I didn't quite understand the rules of some of the cards, especially early on. Right. And there was a point where I had died three or four times in the card game. I had lost and I got this vision of a painter and then it zoomed in that we will see later, the magician, but it zoomed in then on the cabinet and it had the answer for really? one of the ones I didn't have. Yeah. And oh, I, was like, I didn't get that. I was like, that, well, you probably solved it before. Mm, yeah. That'd be cool to see though. And so I did that and I solved it. And I went, oh, great. And in the cabinets, you get amazing things. You get the squirrel head for like the squirrel totem. You get, uh, your, I think the stunted. Stunted wolf, the maybe. The stunted wolf car. <clears throat> and the ant. I think you get the ant colony. Yeah. And I got that again, that vision again on another death. And I tried to match it up, but it didn't work. Hmm. And so I think the first time it, it gives you an answer, but the second time it's just like, hey, check this cabinet, <laughs> fix this cabinet. And I was just getting very angry because I was, 
the first time it seemed to give me the answer and the second time it didn't. So I was like, the game's broken. <laughs> I mean, we, we only played, you know, we played in the first week. So there's all sorts of chances for bugs to be. Right, there. sure. So I was like, oh, this is glitched and I won't be able to get whatever's in here. And I think that that is the one that had the squirrel head that mm. I really needed. But uh, I ended up for that one. I looked up a walkthrough and I'm like, okay, now that I see what they're doing, I see what I was doing wrong and I can, mm. I can see what the solution is. But... Some of them, especially the ones in the third act, I still don't really understand how they work. So <laughs> I never got really into the energy. I, I like the energy mechanic, but I never got into the conduit kind mm. of part of it too much. I mean, even though it's only plus one, minus one, and zero, still too much maths for me. There is the skull, a human skull, mm -hmm. with teeth. You could just pull for some bonus teeth. Yep. And a globe that you can spin that seemingly does nothing. Seemingly does nothing, though it is reflected in the third act. Mm -hmm. And eventually you can grow mushrooms here, which I think do nothing except open up the chance to talk to the twins in the game. Maybe. They're just, making it, they're just satisfying to just go plunk, plunk, plunk. <laughs> and of course, we're not, we haven't talked about the, the door, where all the flashing is coming from. So there's, the, there's a door in the cabin, which... Presumably leads outside, but it doesn't. It leads into a room where you get immortalized. It's your your um. Is that where it goes to? Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize they were connected. I just didn't. I thought that that black area off to the left was where we were. No, I mean our the, picture the, the door where the yeah where we get our where we get our picture taken. Yeah, that's what I was that's what I'm on about. So the flashing light is, I think, the new game symbol that's in there. Because um, Leshy's hidden it away. Mm. Because he doesn't want anyone to wipe the save. Right, which is actually something I should have mentioned right at the beginning, is that you get into the game and you and can't... continue. <laughs> you have continue as an option, but you have no start game. It's grayed out. We have the map. I think you want to talk about the map and some of the things we can do there. Yeah, the map... I love, I love just even just the animation of the map, how it unfurls in front of you and how it gets rolled up when you want to leave the table. And it's like, I like that aspect of how it's a card game, but it's also a bit of a, what would you say? Like choose your own adventure kind of thing. I'd agree. Where you can move through and there's bits of story even in this map. I was absolutely astounded by the way the game looked. Remember that I didn't play the hex. So I've gone from Pony Island, which was very 2D, mm -hmm. into this. And it looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. The aesthetics chosen, the colors chosen, the animations, everything looks amazing. The one thing that I would say is that I think the scale needs to be a bit more clear. And needs to be able to be seen kind of at all times. The way you can scroll forward and scroll back or, uh, was it WS to move forward, mm -hmm. move back? The way you can do that, it's great that you can see the whole card game as it's being played. It's great for looking further ahead into the map. It's great for pulling back so that you can see your cards. But the scale... There's only like one of those five viewpoints where you could actually see the scale. And the scale sometimes, you could, I guess, hover over it. I didn't realize for a long time that you could 
hover your cursor over it and it would kind of glow an arrow to mm, help you see yeah. a bit better. But I really think just having the number appear mm. on the scale would have made my life much easier. I made so many mistakes because I miscounted the slots. Yeah, yeah. And I should be able to see that number kind of at all times in some way because it's like, oh, I'm looking at what card I can choose, but I now can't see the scale to see. Yeah, if that's enough. Yeah. To get lethal. So that's one major thing that I would like to see changed. And I don't think it would be a huge thing. I mean, maybe the viewpoint might be, but putting a number on it would not be a difficult thing, mm -hmm. I think. The map itself is beautiful at first. Wow, I have no idea what I'm doing the first time. Yeah. And that's part of the fun for me of this kind of game is figuring out what do these symbols mean? What is possible? You've got all the symbols in front of you. Yeah, I eventually wrote them all down because I couldn't remember them and I didn't know... Which is something I should have done from the first time. I didn't it would have made my until, life so much yeah, easier. Yeah, like eight hours in, you know? But it's like, there's so many things to choose from. So there's like, you can you can sacrifice one of your cards and, and give its sigil power to a card of your choice, which is an amazing OP mechanic. Um, you can trade pelts that you get for cards with the trader. You can, um, you can uh, get items for your backpack, which include a pair of pliers, which you can reuse to rip out your, one of your own teeth to put, put that in the scale, um, which comes with a really, it's not, it's not the fact that you're doing it. It's the noise that goes with it, man. It's and like, the idea. <laughs> um, but that's interesting as well is that, so you can get to rip out one of your teeth with pliers. You can get to stab your own eyeball out with a knife. And in the original sacrifices must be made. You can actually cut your own hand off. Um, and, I'm assuming the hand is worth more than a tooth. It's so. it's about the same as an eyeball, I think. Yeah, it, it was this, it was this very. I think it was worth five points. Um, and so you've got a place where you can buy pelts with teeth. So you get teeth from overkill, uh, which is when you hit uh, more than the five damage that you need when you when you uh, when you attack the boss. So you get teeth, which you can trade for pelts, and you you can trade those pelts for cards. You can pick three random cards. And then I, re I realized why when we were talking, you were like, you said to me, oh, I never got my old death cards, the ones that I made. So every time you die, Leshy takes a photograph of you and that captures your soul kind of thing. You get to name it and... You get to choose the cost from three cards. Yeah, you get like a pool of cards. You can end up with a really overpowered card. I had an amazing set. I had a zero, a zero cost, like, I don't know, two, four bifurcated strike. It was a... You got that in turn one. It's like, yep, game over. Moving on. Yeah, so you can make some really OP cards, um, which is great. Uh, and this goes back to, again, like Pony Island, how they would break the game and make everything OP because it's not about actually playing that game. It's about moving the story forward. But there's a symbol with like a, dead, a face on it. Mm -hmm. They don't come up very often, but that's where you can choose your old cards. I must have just been kept on. I must have just kept on stumbling on those ones because I kept they kept on popping up for me all the time. I do feel like the map is one thing that is random, and right. I either wouldn't get that, or it would never be in a path that I wanted. Yeah, so yeah, they're usually behind the, the the totem fights, which I avoided like the plague. Well, and that could be too, because I once I realized what the totem fights were, I usually avoided them myself. 
Yeah, yeah. I'd like to go back now and do the token fights now that I'm better at the game. I think I think I could handle them better, especially if, if I had a decent totem myself. But if you go into a totem fight with no totem, you're essentially just snuffing out one of your own candles. Well, I think there are a few things as well. Like when you do end up solving the painting a few times, you get your clover. That helps out a lot. Yep. When you get your second or even up to a third, was it your third candle? Like that can help out a lot. Yeah. Because a lot of times it's like, oh, I didn't make it to the angler again because I lost in a totem fight. Right, right. If you have all of the advantages to start off with, it would be more doable to do those kind of harder battles. Yeah. But yeah, so I was finding my own, my, my old guys. I, I, I got to the point where I was naming them, trying to get them to get together. I had like sausage and mash or sausage and gravy. Um, Which uh, I believe you have not done yet, but... No, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> As you play through again. <laughs> yeah, because when I went back, I didn't actually go back to Act 1. I went back to Act 3 because I wanted to... There's tons of cool stuff you can do in Act 3. Um, we'll get to that when we get to Act 3. But yeah, the... Um, there's just so many things you can you sacrifice cards you can um that one where you had to beat like x to win like get either f- draw three cards that have like four blood or that have 10 bones or whatever i was very bad at those ones because i didn't know it was in my deck because i'm not that minded and before you step in that you should press w and go up and look at your cards and go okay I, or what i eventually started doing was taking a picture of my screen and being like okay i'll remember now and then i'll go and do that because i just had a, such a terrible memory but i like this because a it was random and i don't normally write like random things but i like the fact that it changed and you could do different things and of course the campfire which is where you can buff your cards and we both played just like i didn't know that the villagers would eat you you, I know I, why now. This is another time where I just, I'm like, didn't you read it? Didn't you read what they said? Because it it cautions you every time. Like, oh, you could, you could buff it one more time, but those villagers are looking pretty hungry. And so I had done it. I think once I had a really not great card. I was just buffing, and I was like one, two, three, and I was like, well, by the third time, it becomes a very good card. Uh, I once had the God Mantis, which hits three spaces in front of it. I had done that twice. So that was a a 3-1 attack, I think. So that was an instant, if I can get that in an empty space. Yeah, it's nine damage. Yeah. (laughs) That was fantastic, but I messed up that run. (laughs) (laughs) I had a great run, man. And I died. I had so many good cars and I died. But yeah, the it was from this run. From this run, the reason that I didn't know the villagers ate you is because I'm clicking off of that plus button to mm-hmm. forward the text, and when it gets to that moment where it's like they're looking pretty hungry, if you do it again, you know, not maybe something bad's going to happen. I was clicking off of the plus button to see what next text was, and it wasn't anything, and it just rolled up the map or, or like exited from that thing. So I never knew that I could even press that plus button because I was just clicking through the text. But then when you said, like, has that ever happened to you? I was like, no, never. And then one time I got it because I was actually hovered over the plus. And I said, oh, this is what he's talking about. Because you asked, what happens if I do this? And I said, well, you know, you can buff your card. 
but be careful how many times you do it. Yeah, I just thought it was only once and done. And you said, why? And I said, well, they're hungry villagers. What do you think's going to happen? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then shall we yeah. talk about the amazing thing that you figured out? Yeah, so you came over. I think we were recording something else. I was like, all right, let's check this out. And then we got the... I think that was when you told me about the buffing thing, and I, I wanted to check it out. And I was like, what would happen if you fed them something poisonous or something, like, disgusting? Like this, oh, ringworm card that I just got. And so we put we put the ringworm card in, and we kept buffing it and buffing it and buffing it, and then they ate it, and then the card disappeared. I'm like, oh. But then when you get to the next fire, there's no villagers there, and it's just, like, free upgrades. It's like, that's insane. And it's free upgrades for the rest of the whole act. That's, that's amazing. Insane. Yeah. And you had done it like at the very first campfire or yeah, something ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I got in there really early. And yeah, by the end of that run, I, I don't think I finished that run. You, you weren't here when I finished that run, but I had tons of good stuff. And I got to the end boss and I, I got to the trapper and I, I had all these really OP cards, but they all had like one health. <laughs> so just boop, you're dead. Ah, oh, man, I totally royally screwed it up. I was gutted. Absolutely gutted. The, the trapper stopped me for so long. For trapper so long. was hard, man. The first one is okay, but it's the second one that really screwed me. But I have, you had a better ch- a better run with the second. Yeah, the first one is the one who really stopped me for a long time. I seem to always have a problem getting the pack mule undone before I would die, or something like. Once I did that, then I was good, but. Uh, oh, you're talking about the prospector. The prospector. Sorry. So for the prospector for a long time... Because he's the first boss, yeah. I thought that the stoat was leading me the wrong direction mm-hmm. by saying get to the pack mule because I was focusing on the pack mule and dying right? because he was hitting me with face while I was trying to get the pack mule. Yeah. So for a long time, I was under the assumption, no, he's lying to me. <laughs> I'm going to work around it and I could... But I think it's way better to hit that pack mule. It definitely is. You want to definitely get that. Annoyed how, oh, he gets two lives, but I only ever get one against a boss. Yeah, that's not fair. But it's good when you get the smoke, when you blow out both the smoke candles, because every, every candle you get snuffed, you get a greater smoke card, which is awesome, especially for the bones. As far as the characters, I loved in this, especially the first act, how leshy is every character? Oh, you come across an old lady knitting <laughs> yeah. something, puts on a mask. Yeah. The prospector put on a mask, angler, different mask. And the text changes, yeah. everything changes a little bit. He becomes those characters. Yeah, he role plays them. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. And then there's that one where... You see a creature in a cave or something like that, and he just the cave comes up and he hunkers down, and the, the eyes change color. Yeah, I love that. I love the animation for that. I love the idea behind it, and it did make me wonder: was is Lashy okay? Like, does he have <laughs> multiple personalities? We don't really know what's going on here, but I love that. I love the idea of it. I love the way it looked. Yeah. But the, 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 sorry, the other thing that you can sacrifice that I found out is, of course, the black goat. How do you sacrifice that? So in in on the altar, mm-hmm. where you know where you it says like sacrifice something for the bone god. Yes. If you sacrifice, I found that if you sacrifice, it didn't matter what you sacrifice. You could sacrifice 
uh, uh, the Mantis God and be like, oh, okay, every every round you get one bone then, or at the start of every round you get one bone. I never got anything. If you sacrifice the Black Goat, which is a card which you sacrifice, you get three blood for, yeah? You get you start the round with something like eight bones. Every time? Yeah. Ah, that would be very useful. I started to avoid the Bone God just because it wasn't really helping me yeah. out. Yeah, so get a Black Goat. Stick it on the altar. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. So yeah. So the prospector, he was the first kind of boss. Then we got the angler, who's got that kind of cool mechanic where he can like hook your cards and like take them onto your side. But that's great if <laughs> see this is why the angler is so much easier for me. Really easy to fight that one. Yeah. You could set that one up so that oh well when the angler pulls this stack towards him, I just have a squirrel there so he can't attack me with that yeah. and. He can't do anything he with it. He can't play any cards from behind it either. So it's like, yep, just leave that one alone. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's always like fresh fish. He always wants to fresh fish. The problem comes in second round when the bait and the mm. sharks come out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but after losing to the trapper so many times and having to go back through the angler, I really started to get a feel for, well, I know just what card to hold. Yes. So that I can finish this part pretty quickly and move on. Yeah, yeah. Um, the map itself is good, and I, I like the I like that kind of the, the way that you can get cards, but also the way that you can avoid getting cards. Because at first when I was playing, I was like, get cards, get cards, get cards. But then later on, I was realizing like, no, I don't want cards. I want to be able to draw Ouroboros. You know, I, I want my deck to be low as low as possible, but still be functional. So that was just another strategy that I, I kind of employed towards the end of the game. The angler was was fun, and then the trapper was just my nightmare for the longest time. That trap that he puts out... Kills every, everything. That, as soon as you kill the trap, it kills whatever you put up. That's harsh, and that was really tough to get through. I think my thing was I did look up a walkthrough for that because I was just getting so frustrated with it. And one thing I just didn't piece together, whether because I didn't make it far enough in that match or I just wasn't seeing it, is that, oh, well, there's one row of those steel frogs that become the traps. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I don't think there are anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, okay, so it's not like those are going to keep coming. I think my concern was like, they're always going to keep coming. How do I deal with that? Right. Because you have to clear the first row somehow or at least clear a space in the first row somehow and so that that took me a long time as far as the cabin and puzzles the painting is pretty straightforward match that on the board there's a great sound effect and i think the camera wobbles a little bit to say yes you've done it that's how you're going to get the flower the clover so that you can yeah repick mm -hmm. which that is incredibly useful because it's not just a one-time thing it's Every so time. many times yeah there is the candle candle which that saved me a lot and then the third time i never got to but you said it was it's a bee and so it replaces all your squirrels with bees that have a one one oh okay so it's not even a beehive it is it's an actual bee. It's an yeah. actual bee, so, so it's a 1-1 one, one to start off You with. can play it and you can attack with it. But in Leshy's game, though, you find yourself you're sacrificing most of them anyway, so they don't really get to attack. Um, 
But I, I, at one point, I was like, I just want my squirrels back. <laughs> but so that's kind of dumb because it's uh, it's a one one versus a zero one. Darren, come on. Um, there is the eyeball that you have to pick after you stab out your own. Yes. Which was very nice because once I tried the sacrifice just to see what would happen, I thought, oh, this is not going to be fun to play with half the <laughs> camera on all the time. Half my screen is in black. I'll choose one. And it's very obvious which one to choose, which I also appreciate. But there is that double eye that I thought would do something cool, but doesn't. But yeah, popping the eye in lets you see everything. Like, see the clock. Oh, push here, push there. Uh, getting the stunted wolf card and then getting it uncaged in the game so that it will be uncaged. And that's how you get your dagger. Yeah. Getting uh, the combination for the safe from the hint book. So you have to that's kind right, of search yeah. through and find that. I love all of that stuff. Mm. The cabinet, uh, some of those were a bit yeah. difficult, as we said. But I love the idea of it. And I love this mixing of here's the card game, but also here's this escape room style puzzle area to keep you interested. And also this does affect the game. Yeah. So as I said before, my biggest thing, like my most important when it came to the card game, was the totem. I found that for me, the totem made a world of difference and being able to have the squirrel totem was infinitely more effective for me than any other one that I tried. And being able to have the squirrels either have the spikes so that anything that attacks them gets injured or my favorite one, that they just respawn in your hand, which that is the run that I just Totally crushed Plus, it on. Because you can play all of them for free, basically, and sacrifice all of yeah. them. Yeah. So you will never have an... Once you have three in your hand, you never need to have an empty space on your board again. Right. So you still have to worry about the winged creatures that can attack you directly. Mm -hmm. But you can pretty much block everything else. Right. And you also then have three to sacrifice. So your bigger creatures, your grizzlies you can actually put on the board. I never have ever got a chance to even play a grizzly or a great white. I remember stealing the great white from the uh, the trapper and thinking, right, I'm going to, you're dead. And I was like, oh, I can't actually play this card. The trapper then, that second level, the second round with the trapper, where you have to have pelts. Again, because I had sacrificed a ridiculous number of squirrels, I had so many pelts that I think I was just buying his whole board. The whole boards, right. <laughs> I think that I didn't end up with his whole board, but I ended up, I think, to the point where I had an empty space and just one card that could just attack for five and he was done. Right, right. Uh, oh, okay, well, there we go. But now, are you ready to move into the next Oh, yeah, section? yeah, yeah. So now we have to go to the just a bit beyond the map where outside the cabin it appears but yet also on the map yeah we've gone tiny mode yeah there is Leshy who wants to take us on I don't remember much about the first round the first round was okay so basically he offers you 
he puts his hand down and he's got like a bunch of things on them. First thing he says is like, do you have the ring? Which, Which I, I don't think I did. I didn't. I think I think you did because that's the ring you get out of the cuckoo clock. But I don't think I unlocked the top part. I think I only unlocked the bottom part. All oh, right, right. Um, so you have to die at that boss to get the ring because the code the code for the cuckoo clock. There's two things that you can open, like we've talked about. So you get the eye, and it shows you on the on the cuckoo clock what time it is to to set the time to to make the bottom part pop out, which is where you get the. Uh, the card, and you get—I think you get the stunted wolf out of there, actually—and then you get the uh, the roll of film for the camera. But you can't unlock the top part, and so. But once you get to this part on the table where he's offering you all these like OP kind of buffs to your cards, so that it makes the fight more fair. There's a time. It's like eleven o'clock. Oh, there it is. There. So now I know how to do it. But I can't leave and go back. I got to die, which I did, of course. Because I got royally screwed. But the first part is, because I got really hammered in this part because I had died so many times. And it's like, he just plays normal cards and he's like, oh, you might remember this guy. And he pulls out my OP cards that I've been making when I was dying. Well, here's the thing. I had died a lot of times. I'm not going to lie about that. But a lot of my death cards were kind of rubbish. <laughs> like the way the RNG where it picks the three cards, like... Well, that one's not very good. Oh, well, that one's not very good. Like, well, I hope I don't see that card. Right. There were some, but I think a lot of mine weren't as powerful as some of yours were. Okay, okay. So, yeah, I got screwed by that. And then once you defeat them, then he's just like, boom, and he places one card that fills up the whole table. The moon. The moon. And, yeah, the moon is just really simple. It's just a, a one, it's a 140 card. So it hits you for one, but it hits every square on your board for one. And if there's not a square there, then it attack, that's attacking you. Again, my full hand of squirrels. You're fine. That yeah. saved me, yeah. So you must have breezed through that then, yeah? I did, which I was shocked by. I I was sure that I was going to have... As soon as I saw that moon, I'm like, I'm dead. Yeah. Something's going to go wrong. But I was very lucky. Did you only play one time then against the boss? Yeah, that's why I don't remember him oh, very well. Oh, oh, wow, right. Yeah, I played against the boss, I don't know, maybe four times. And each time it's like, oh, I got him down. I was hitting him, hitting him. I had like, I had like a couple of Mantis Gods that were buffed. And I was like, get him down. I got him down from 40 to about eight and then I died and then suddenly on my next fight I was like oh what happens if I play the stink bug so you can beat the game with nothing like absolutely nothing I mean it would be very hard to get through the trapper and everything else and you know you have to you have to draw, you have to take cards and, and, and get to the end eventually but all you gotta do is draw the stink bug and place him down because he reduces the person opposite him attack by one so essentially the moon has zero Ah, okay. And so, Leshy says, he's like, oh, hadn't thought about that. That's an interesting play. <laughs> and so, I just like, just, just end turn, end turn, end turn, end turn. And so, that's how, that was how I beat him eventually. And then, uh, so then we take a picture of Leshy. Mm -hmm. And so, we trap him. That's right. <clears throat> I need to go back and play the first act again because I just, I've never been back after, since I quit the game. Since I finished the game, I should say. What I would like to try is, and I'm going to try this when I go back and play, I want to see what happens if you don't take the camera reel. The camera film, sorry. What, yeah. What's going to happen? That would be interesting. Because mm, you're going to get to the end and be like, oh, well, thanks for playing. <laughs> you're dead again. So yeah, I, that would be interesting. But what I do like is how we were hinted at um, 
all of these cards, or some of these cards, there's four cards that, ha- that seem to have personalities. You've got the Stoat, who's a real just grumpy guy that is always belittling me and saying, well, that's not what I would have played. Are you sure you want to put me here? Like, blah, 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 blah. And also, Darren sends me a message, why does this Stoat look like a computer? Yeah, that's right. And you're like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't tell. I There's a reason, but I can't tell you yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you got the stoat, and then you've got um, the stink bug, who has a personality, and then you've got the stunted wolf, who has a personality. Sorry, not, not, not four cards. Three cards that have, that talk to you and have personalities. And now we're starting to understand why. Because it... Why is there not four, though? Because Leshy is in front of you. Ah, true. So you've got the stunted wolf, which is um, Magnificus. He's the the mage in the game. The painter. The painter, yeah. Right. Who has one, I think, normal eye, one magic eye. That's why the wolf has, yeah, like his, his eyes all shut over. The stink bug is Grimora. She's the necromancer. And then you've got, uh, it's PO3, but I'm guessing it's Poe. Like, I'm, I've always just called him Poe. As you have all episode. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> I keep calling him PO3. But, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. But uh, I think... The listeners are clever enough. They can, <laughs> they can, they can puzzle that together. And so Poe is the stoat. And so basically what's happened in Act 1 is Leshy has somehow gained control of the game and he's captured their souls and they're forced to relive this this endless playing with that. That would be real hell as well, like just being forced to play a game over and over again with someone, with someone that you hated. And Poe clearly hates Leshy. And... Being played by players like us. They're not very good. It takes <laughs> yeah. 10 hours to make it through Act 1. So oh, here we go again. But yeah, so then we get into Act 2, and Act 2 is radically different. Well, before we get into Act 2, we get the ARG element of oh, the, of course we get the videos. videos. And Luke Carter. And wow, I found some of these inscription cards at the garage sale. I don't know if they really, really understood how much these are worth. And just total unboxing channel. Yeah. He does it so well. It's just, it's almost too real. Yeah. The way he is on the the YouTube channel and, and well, is it unboxing if you're opening, yeah, I guess like so. an opening packs opening video packs or whatever. Video, yeah. But that was pretty spot on. But with the hints of something darker, wow, this card just has coordinates let me go find that and finds an old <laughs> floppy disk which still works yeah which is amazing <laughs> that alone is amazing yep. <laughs> but leading into a lot of other things and leading into the end i like that i like that you can watch as many times as you want there are hints to some other things within it but for the most part that was beyond me I just enjoyed it for what it was, and then moved on to Act 2, which you get by actually starting a new game. Yeah, because you finally are in the cabin, and you see what's behind the door, and it is the new game icon, which Leshy is hidden away and locked away, basically. And so, oh, finally, now I can start a new game. Wipes the data clean, and now we're getting to play the actual inscription game. This is the real, the real version of the game. Which is... Old school. It's like Super Mario, like map. (laughs) It is so much the same game, but different. When you start this one, there are the four pillars and you have to choose which one you want to be your starter deck. 
Yeah, and I had no idea. So you sent me a- I I sent you an email. I said, don't read it until... I, I didn't know how to word it. I wanted to say until you finished Act 1, but I didn't want to say that. So I was like, oh, well, when you beat the Trapper, you'll probably need this. Mm-hmm. And it will save you some time because uh, I really struggled with Act 2 for a very long time. I also thought you were going to fly right through the after the Trapper like I did. No, no. <laughs> I didn't realize it was going to take you a few more tries. It was like a couple more days. I was like, oh, don't read that email yet. You're not even there yet. <laughs> There are the four decks. So you've got the basically the bone deck, the necromancy deck. Yep. You have the beast deck, which is Leshies. Yep. Most of that is what you are familiar with. You have the sort of tech machine one. You have the magic one. So I just said, well, I'll start on the left and necromancy sounds pretty cool. Yeah. I start on the left as well, actually. But I struggled so much. Just the design of that set up and the fact that you don't have a sacrifice pile right in act one you always have the squirrel pile off to the side you have to get luck of the draw in act two and that can really make it so there were times i just hit the surrender flag because i didn't even start with a skeleton (laughs) you can't start a match with a necromancy deck with no bones and no skeletons. You can't play anything else. So you're just stuck waiting for one to happen while your opponent just attacks you directly. And you just die very, very quickly. And I was like, I'm going to do it. I made it through all of the crypt area. It took ages, but I was able to do it. And I was able to figure out the puzzle and get the extra cards. And Leshy's area, I beat everybody until I got to the trapper and I couldn't beat the trapper. And I was like, you know what? I'm starting a new game. Right. It took too long and I was just frustrating. Put the beast deck as my starter deck. Problems. I mean, it wasn't super easy, but I never felt like I was stunted the way right. I was with the bone deck. But I will say this. I think that the having the beast deck and having the bone cards that you can integrate mm-hmm. work so much better than it did in act one because there just weren't enough bone cards to make it work properly for me in the first one or i wouldn't get enough bones to play the cards that i got um you know you might end up with a vulture early on which needs eight bones and you're just stuck with that card in your hand for a very long time yeah, yeah. i was able to make that integration works so much better in this version. Yeah, I had I had a problem with the, 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 the necromancy deck as well, and then I started a new game again. Didn't I didn't take too long. I, I, I beat I beat the graveyard area. But you started the second time with the the techno deck, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, I started I, I, the, my second run I went with Poe and his technology kind of stuff. I just find the system easier. It was just like the the kind of more Hearthstone or uh, style of just like, this is the round one. You've got one energy. You can play one energy card. Round two. It was a lot. Definitely, I would recommend if you're not into thinking about the cards that you want to play, this is the easiest deck to play, I think. Um, and the cards are good. They're quite useful. They're versatile. They do lots of the cool stuff. It's interesting. I'd be tempted to start 
Act 2 again with that deck. I didn't really, like, I understood it, but it always seemed to me like I'm going to have to make this connection, and if I don't make the connection, I didn't bother it with won't those really connections. help. I didn't bother with those. I just really? skipped them. Yeah. I just played the cards as they were. There's, a lot, there's like, sentry drones, robots with shields, a little guy that drives around a tank and hits one and moves across, and they're fairly low cost as well. Um, I didn't, I didn't even set up a connection once. If it happened, it happened by accident. In fact, it happened more when, when, when we got into act three and where we're like gemifying cards. I kind of, if it happens, it happens. That's part of the thing is I really started to understand how they worked when I was playing against them or occasionally getting to play with them in act three. And then I went, well, now I kind of understand them a bit better. Yeah. It just seemed to me that much like magic, the magic deck here, uh, you always have to have the right orb. Or one of your cards just might die if you don't have that on the board. Like, that seems a terrible mechanic. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how to... The magic decks is way beyond me. And they've got three different kinds three of... different gems. And it's just like, nah, nah. Too much, too much busy work for me. And it feels to me too much like you need the cards to come up in the right order for that to work. Mm -hmm. And I was feeling a bit that about the techno, but... You made it work, so I, I guess. Yeah, not. no, no, it definitely works. It works well. I love the old school style puzzles here. Unless you will give you a camera, so you have to take a picture of the dog. Like you, you need to open up the safe to get the food for the dog. To take a picture of the dog to show the person who's two feet away yeah, that your dog yeah. is okay. Here's the picture. Okay, you can go through prospector over there. Yeah, so that you can. Catch a fish. Catch a fish for the angler. Well, you're not even, you're catching it, but you don't take the fish. You take a picture. It's a big fish. Of the fish. <laughs> there is the rabbit that you have to get the trap so that you can catch the pelt so you can actually face off against the trapper. There's also two secrets in this area as well. Um, there's, uh, if you go up from right exactly where you are now, did you go up through the trees? Yes. If you go there after you have the eye, the magic eye, there's a hint that there's a trail up there. Right, yeah. So, yeah, and it's to the woodcarver, I guess. And then there's another one on the other side as well, next to the fish. I didn't find that one. Um, and so I can't remember what, what was up that one. But anyway, I oh, it's, a, it's someone crying or something like that. It's a woman crying. You get a few hints here as well about the old fish as well. So it's like, I'm guessing that's the old data. And so I'm guessing that's how... Leshy got to take over the initial Act 1 inscription is that he found a piece of the old data and then was able to rule inscription, I guess. And so everyone, it seems, except for Grimora, is after this old data. Grimora wants it just so she can destroy it. Poe wants it to take over the whole world. I'm not sure what Magnificus wants it for. I don't think that's ever explained. But... Again, piecing together the story now is is a lot a little bit easier, and so yeah, the the um, basically the whole left side of this map is blocked off until you fix the bridge, and then when you fix the bridge, you can get over to Energy Land and and the tower. The tower was really interesting. You told me all about the the, the doing the dummy. You like you can make OP cards. I was like, man, I don't have time. I just I could have stayed there for a long time. I was like, nah. I got to get through this because I was way behind, and we were going to record this last week, but didn't, we didn't. I didn't want you to feel pressured. But no, but that. even that, I was like, but usually I'm in the mood for that kind of stuff, but I just wasn't. So I was just like, no, nah, I just want to. I want to see what's next. Thing was, 
this is one of those moments where after watching so many dangerously funny and spiffing Brit videos, that suddenly I found one myself <laughs> and I was just so happy. I had, well, that's the thing. So when I started with the necromancy, I was not getting any foil packs. I wasn't getting any over hits. I was lucky to get every victory I got. Mm. But when it came to, and I think that that deck is very good for end game. Right. If you can get to the end game, then you can build up a massively powerful card and one shot them big time. But I was dying early game every time. Mm -hmm. With the beast deck, having already played through most of these battles already, I had a much better idea of what I was doing. And so I was getting these foil packs, foil packs. And then I think it was eight foil packs to get the Ouroboros, which for me was at that point a two cost four four. Yeah. Which is a great card in most games that would be overpowered. But what I found was with the training dummy that you have to battle on the second floor, well, you can keep battling it over and over again. And I actually, with my deck, I had set up, it just came up and I went, oh, well, that's an interesting turn of events where I could play my Ouroboros and I could sacrifice it, get a bone and use that on, it's called something like Tomb Raider, mm. where basically you put that one on the board and for every bone you feed it, you get a skeleton. So I was getting two skeletons. I had enough bones, two skeletons, put them on the board, sacrifice them to put Ouroboros on, and then sacrifice, put your... (laughs) (laughs) Endless loop. I had an endless loop because for every skeleton, you get a bone. So I had an endless loop. So I took it up to a two cost (laughs) 30-30. And I was tempted to see how far I could take it. I was tempted to see if I could make it so big that the numbers would overlap. Yeah. What would happen in that case? I think that you could. I think that Dan Mullins will let you do that if you really want to. There was a bit of concern in my back of my mind, though, of what if he uses this card against me? <laughs> You're screwed, yeah. yeah. That could be a bit of a problem. So I was like, okay, 30-30 is enough. I will probably be screwed even still if he ever plays it against me, but let's move on with the game. Well, just put down a poisonous adder and he's done. That is true. Yeah. Um, but there, you. I think you need to get, from what I read for one of the achievements, one of the achievements is you have to hit for 666 points of overkill damage. And so how you do that is you get your Ouroboros up to 333 and then you play some gems that will double it. And so then you can hit face for 666 and that triggers an achievement. Okay. So this is well Or possible. you could level it up to 666, I imagine. That's a long way, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I got into... I didn't start sacrificing it with the hammer until... Because like I said, I didn't spend a lot of time on that dummy. I got into that in the third act where I was just like, hammer and then use the energy bar to refill it, put it back on the board, hammer it again. And I just... I got it up to about a 26, 26. Um, I'm still not finished with Act 3 yet, though. I'm still playing it. But um, it's a long way to go, but it's like... I like it because I want to get money because I want to buy all the things in there. I'm pretty sure there might still be things that I've not bought. To be clear, you have finished the game. 
Yeah. You've gone back into I, I need to go and f- I want to finish yeah, every last drop of it, yeah. Um, what was I going to say about... Oh, yeah. In Act 2, um, did you get the key from the mycologists? Did you do all their little chores? I didn't. There was a point where there was one card they wanted that I seemed to not be able to get. Ah, okay. Because if you, if you do that, I think you've got to do two or three jobs for them. I did that, I think. I think then well, you should probably have the key. I think they give you a key. Maybe maybe it's four then. I don't know. I think I did because I think that I started with a key in Act 3 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, I went back and got the key and the key does some – it unlocks all those three doors to unlock uh, on the map. Act 2 for me, um, it wasn't my favorite part of the game, but I liked there was a lot of secrets. Did you find the big picture of like Barry Wilkinson in behind the tower? Like it's one of the rooms where so. it's like is there's like a shadow in the corner. Mm-hmm. You can go into the shadow and it takes you into a back room, and it's got like this. It's almost like a papers please pixelated passport photograph page, and it's Barry Wilkinson, and uh, Barry Wilkinson is a is a spy, I think, and so this is why inscriptions come to be. We'll talk about that, that at the end, maybe. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, the factory one, the factory level on this was a bit of a nightmare with that conveyor belt. Like, I just beat that by luck. I was just... You could have just blindfolded me and told me just play cards. That's how I did it. I got pretty lucky with the way my cards were drawn. So that one didn't take me too much. I think the plus-minus circuit puzzles were more of a challenge than the actual card game in this one. Mm-hmm. I love Act 2. I love the fact that suddenly it looks like an old-school game. Yeah. The dialogue in it is very old school, but also meta. The person fixing the bridge, oh, I really need to fix this bridge. I'll probably finish by the time you, you know, destroy the bosses on this side of the <laughs> map. <laughs> that worked well for me. The way that you can find the clover again, the way that you can click on the tentacles and get the kraken. Yeah. The way that you actually get to experiment with different play like different card styles different play the way that works like i was very mad for a while because the necromancer wasn't working for me but the fact that you can start over and the game even of course acknowledges that please don't start too many times i have to start fixing the bridge every time you start over right right (laughs) but i really like that i liked being able to experiment with the different things i liked seeing how the elements of the first act played into what is happening in the second act mm-hmm. you saw leshy sort of in the flesh and now you're seeing leshy in the game the stink bug you now see what that came from and and who that character is supposed to be and then that sets up into the third act where it goes even further of course between acts um i mean you have the Beautiful, like once you beat all four bosses, the pillars all are glowing Mm -hmm. and then you have to take on one more boss and that's great. That leads you into more videos and more danger for Luke Carter as strange people are coming to see him and say... Breaking into his house in the middle of the night as well. And then we get into Act 3. And Act 3 looks a bit more like Act 1, but it's a different world. Bits of the first world, though, bleed in. 
So that's why the cuckoo clock is still here. The map we play on is similar to what we saw in Act 2. There are the four corners that we need to get to, and we need to beat the bosses at the four corners to make the four pillars light up. Yeah. But we also now are back to having this escape room style with the ca- it's almost, yeah like the cabin a- from the beginning area around and so you go over and you can see oh there is the cabinet with a couple puzzles which like i said i still don't quite understand there's this printer over here which i had to look up a walkthrough to figure out that one was beyond me I don't think I solved that one yet. Then, or maybe I did. It's a way where you can actually make your own card. Oh, okay, I, I'll have to go back and find that now. <laughs> I'm still on Act Three, so maybe work out a way how to do that. The... But you can't get up yet because you're mm-hmm. like handcuffed to the table at the beginning. He's like, "No, you're not getting up yet." That is true. Until the battery runs out of power, you have to get a different battery. So now you can you can look, but you can't touch. And yeah. now you can actually wander around where you have to go to the computer and solve captures and stuff like yeah. that. <laughs> Just click, I am not a robot. Boop. Yeah. <laughs> now you can go get the battery. Yeah. But you can see hints of like, there are more doors. Mm. There's more that I want to do. The game itself, you don't really need a lot of tutorial at this point, but it brings so much of what you've done card game wise act one and act two into this act yeah where by the end of act three you're combining the magic elements and the energy elements and the sacrifices and the bones you're able to use all of them in some way and if you've paid for some stuff at one of the shops in the map it will flash you the time you need to get your Ouroboros back, which yeah. helped me out a ton. Yeah. I love that the game keeps evolving. It connects to what it did before, but it evolves in a way. So in this one, you don't have to start from the beginning ever again. There are checkpoints. Yeah, that's nice. Definitely. There are punishments for going back to a checkpoint but if you're willing to push forward until you get to the next checkpoint you don't really now i went back a lot i'm way too cautious a player <laughs> <laughs> you can lose your bonus stars or whatever but so long as you make it back there you pick them up again yeah you get your money the stars at, are the bounty that's right at first i was very worried because i thought oh if i don't make it back if i die along the way then I lose all of those and I have to start from zero, but I don't think that's the case. I think it will always be there waiting for you. Yeah. It's more of a marker even just because that map is quite confusing at points. It definitely can be, especially with all the hidden areas. Yeah. There's even a point where you can go, instead of usually it's just all cardinal directions, but there's actually one of them where you can go like southeast off of the screen. Is there? I don't think I ever found that. Yeah. Um, It leads to uh, another pelt, I think. Pretty sure it's another pelt. Well, maybe I did then, because I did find... Did you get all pel- all the pelts? Yeah. I looked that up, what are the pelts for, and when I found that, I went, okay, I do kind of want to. Plus, once you defeat all the bosses, you can kind of just walk around the map. 
So, oh, can you? Oh, I should do that then. I'm, I'm on the last boss again now for the second one. I think you can. It seemed like I could, or I could to the point where it didn't really matter because I could jump from checkpoint to checkpoint. Mm-hmm. So I could just kind of walk around. It seemed like I could just walk around then. And I was like, okay, well, if I can just walk around, if I don't have to fight all the bosses and all the card games along the way, I'm like, okay, this is this is not bad. Uh, so I did end up finding all five. Yeah, because they're they're good. They're god story and stuff like that. And it's basically the room you can unlock in the escape room area, mm-hmm. where you go in and the trapper is now like a fortune teller and will yeah. read you these five cards. So you need to get the five pelts. Within this game, again, it evolves. So having the combination of the magic and the energy and all of that is very interesting, but also taking the totem, because I believe it was each time you beat a boss, your totem kind of levels up. It levels up all your starter cards again. So your starter cards, your sacrifice cards, basically your squirrels from the first one are really powerful towards the end. I'd I'd sigils. They, they were great because it's like, yep, putting a turret on that, you know, like old turrets on your towers. They've got spikes if they get attacked. Yeah, it's great. Um, but um, the boss fights in this were so good. Like, I messed around so much with uh, Golly. Um, Which one? The one, that, the one that connects to the internet. <laughs> I've yeah. got some great pictures. Here's one right here. Ding. Um, we basically put our logo in the face thing. Because uh, if you put... If you put a picture on, it will put the picture on her on on Golly's face. Okay. <laughs> so um, I put one of Dan Mullins as well. I got, went to his website. I got his. I got a picture of him and put him on. I was like, "How's that for meta?" <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun with Golly. Um, but it was so funny because even when you're playing against against Golly, it's like, oh. We're going to go into your files now. I hope no one's watching. So it's like all the Twitch streamers. It's <laughs> 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 going through my porn file. <laughs> Got that. What were the other boss battles? There's the one with the camera. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it's the four. It's basically the four guys again, isn't it? So it's like, I don't know who Golly's supposed to be. Um, I think Golly replaces Poe. Right. That would make sense. Because Golly connects to the internet. And that's the whole end game, isn't it? But you've got... You've got the, what did you just say? The the camera. The camera who is Leshy. Yeah, that's right. His mechanic was really interesting. It was like you take a picture of the board and then at any time when you're prompted, you can just reset the board to what it was. It was like, all right, well, I'll just, as soon as things get scary, I'll just go back to where I was on top. I was like, really easy boss battle. I had trouble with it, but I think I was overthinking the system. Uh, like, oh, am I losing all my cards? And also... Where is the best picture to take? I want to take a picture where they've got nothing on the board. That's what I did right near the beginning where I just had like a single one. But as long as if they fill up their side of the board and you're just like, nope, reset, and then you're you're good to go, you know? I also, I think, worry that there would be a penalty for doing that. Mm. So the first time, maybe the first couple times I played against that version of Leshy. I don't think I wanted to do it because I was sure that <laughs> I'd be sc- losing an eye or something. Yeah, yeah, you're going to screw me somehow. 
But then I had a lot of fun with the painter one, like the magician, the Magnificus one, where you made the rules. You paint, so you, <laughs> so you, you paint him a face. I, I wasn't sure that I quite understood what was going on, but yeah. So you make the face for him, and then he's like, "Okay, but now you got to pick a rule." And it's like, it's like drawing two cards. Like every time you do this, this happens. And I had just some ridiculous things. There's one point, like, there's one point where I had every time you draw a card, a card dies. And then the other rule was every time a card dies, a card is played, a random card is played. And so it was just this endless loop of just things dying and dying. And, and, and like, and it got to the point where I was just watching. I'm like, when is this going to end? And he's like, all right, enough of this nonsense. <laughs> this is going nowhere. Let's change this rule. So I completely broke it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. <laughs> um, I didn't i think i only had to do that one twice yeah and i got kind of lucky with choosing things that worked for my strategy mm-hmm. but yeah i think i tried to avoid anything that was a random card i've been beaten by that too many times <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i had a lot of fun with those bosses um and just in general loved i loved act three um i seem to be in the minority for that as well but uh, you're more in the minority because everybody, not hated, I'm going to say with a passion, but a lot of people were like reviewers as well. That's understandable. But um, but like a lot a lot of the players were just like, yeah, Act 2 just didn't do it for me. Um, but you, got, you, you seem to have really enjoyed Act 2. It was so incredibly different. Yeah. And it fit with the story. He put in an old floppy disk and here's the game we get to play. It fit. It worked so well. I could see where if a lot of people played Necromancer and they... (laughs) Yeah, what's this? It has some real problems with the way the beginning of each card match works. And I think that that needs to be addressed a bit more. I do think, though, with Act 2, there are some things like if you put together the two pieces of... uh, They both start with broken, like... Broken Olboro or something. Obdor or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you play those together, then you get yeah, a you token fuse. and you can take that to the Bone Lord in the basement of the crypt and he will start to give you like three bones you can start every match with or something, which would make the game so much better if I had known or if I could have done that early on, but I didn't know that. So that is one of the things that. I wouldn't mind doing Act 2 again just to try that. Yeah. But Act 2 just, it sets up Act 3 so well. It simplifies some things. It takes away the roguelike element for a while, which makes it much more fun to experiment with. So, yeah, I didn't like the Necromancy deck, but I wasn't stuck with it. And I could start that part over again. And I could play around with a lot of stuff in a way that I couldn't. Same thing with Act 3. Once you get checkpoints, it's like, okay, well, I can play around a little bit more. And, oh, I can go to the store area and I can purchase these upgrades for, uh, you know, getting a new card or adding a sigil to this card. And there were a lot of good ones like that. I didn't like some of the sacrifices in Act 3. Some of the times you had to lose a card. And there were many times in Act 3 where it was like, okay, 
I'll give you a card. This trade one, right? All right, I'll give you a card. I'll give you a card, but you have to sacrifice one of yours. And I usually just took the same card. <laughs> like, well, I'll take that card and just sacrifice it. And then no problem. I'm even because you're not giving me anything that's really better. I would usually just try and I would try and take something beforehand that was kind of garbage that I didn't mind getting rid of. But towards the end of the game, I really, really appreciated those cards that just like shred your cards. Because like thinning out my deck was key to my strategy. That I didn't like. But I think I didn't like it because you never knew what was going to come up ahead in the map and like what you might have to sacrifice. Mm. Thinning the herd is good in many ways, but one, it didn't give me enough of those stars to make it worth it, in my opinion. I mean, the money you get for it is, is nothing. Garbage. Yeah, it's like $4. So I understand thinning it out, that's fine, but I had a lot of cards I liked. Mm. And I wasn't hoarding a ton. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really like sacrificing cards. <laughs> but that's probably me in general. Yeah. I liked Act 3. I liked Act 3 a lot. I liked the way that it ended. It had a story where it built up to you both saying, well, didn't you see what I was doing? <laughs> I yeah, had of you, course I did. <laughs> I had you draw the logo. Mm -hmm. I had you give me access to your files. I had you do all of these things. Clearly, it's so that I can take over. But at the same time, having that puzzle bit where you can go, like you're supposed to go and do another capture, but you just drop down into the room where you get to see the other three. Yeah, they're trapped in the basement. And they don't look like they did in Act... Well, I mean, they look like they did in Act 2, but they're now three-dimensional. Yeah. As Leshy was in the first act. That's great. And yeah. that ties into the story. And I don't know if there's the bad ending. Like, I believe that the one I found and probably the one you found is the true ending. Yeah. So, I don't know if there is another one. But I found that and I like the ending. I like the way that that worked. It tied into the Luke Carter bit as well. Though that was pretty obvious where that one was going to go. But at the same time, where else are you going to go with that story? So, it does make sense in every way that kind of ties it together and so you have a story that is hinted at in act one you see so much more of it in act two and then in act three you get the kind of twist and everything that's going on behind the scenes yeah and then like i, I want to tie into the ending here did you have anything else with, with act three, three? No. just the goo creature and I like finding that. his symbol and getting to go to his planet and oh I made this painting of me and oh, my really master. Oh really cute painting yeah. And, and how much I, I love him and they look happy and <laughs> that's going to tie into the ending is so sad. Why does everybody worship Magnificus though? I don't, I don't understand that part but unless he's created them that way to worship him. I think that's possible. Yeah. Um, but yeah the ending was I loved the ending as well. It was amazing. Such a good resolution to the story of, yes, the game is falling apart. We'll get to battle a bit against each one, but it doesn't really matter because that part of the game will be deleted before you can finish it. Yeah, when you're playing against Leshy, it was just like the scales even disappear. You're not even doing damage to each other. It's just You're just playing and he's just getting to say his final words. And it was really weird because... I hated these guys for their, 
the way that they tortured me for the entire game, but I really felt something for them at the end. When you shake your hand yeah. with each one of them. Yeah, even even Magnificus when he's crawling over the ground, like, I must shake your hand because that's the etiquette of what card players do, you know? It's just like, that's so, I don't know, like touching or moving or whatever you want to say but yeah he's like you guys are all evil you're 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 horrible horrible people you create you let you left guy you left some guy in a drawer for like seven thousand years in complete blackness you've crushed this guy into goop into a jar um leshy's been like capturing people's souls in pictures and using them as play toys and poe is just a megalomaniac but in the end i was like i felt something for these guys and i especially like as you said leshy he just loves playing the game yeah and that's how he ends oh scales are gone let's just play yeah. and you're just <laughs> playing for nothing yeah just exactly. playing to play like you said he gets his final words and i think is it at that point that we get our last kind of luke carter video as well yeah, so, yeah, yeah, we beat him. Well, we, we say goodbye to him. We say goodbye to Grimora. say goodbye to... No, we don't get to say goodbye to Paul. Paul gets his head ripped off. That's right. Um, we say goodbye to uh, Magnificus. And, yeah, then we get the final Luke Carter video, which I scrubbed through frame by frame. <laughs> and there is something very interesting. I don't know if I can tell you about it. Well, let's hold off on that just for the one thing that I do want to say, which is... I did beat the game and then there was the part where the game is meant to be deleted. So it's just before you say goodbye to everyone, you see a tombstone and there's a loading bar, like a process bar. Mm -hmm. That's where I sat for hours thinking, ah, okay. thinking this is like mind control delete that we've talked about before. There is a point where you have to sit and wait for a long time. This one I thought, okay, well, I'm just going to sit and wait. All right, I'm going to go have lunch and I'll just let it run. It's still not doing anything. <laughs> and so this was where I did look up a video. And when I saw that they just turned the camera, I went, oh, wait, you mean I can actually... It didn't even dawn on me to try and look around. If I had, I would have immediately realized I could do something else. Right. But I've just been so... <laughs> conditioned now by too many of these games like well we're gonna make you wait but that wasn't the case at all it was just me assuming mm -hmm. that that was what was happening wasn't at all so you could scrub about four hours of my playtime <laughs> off of my steam but uh, yeah it's i'm glad that it wasn't the type of thing where you have to sit and wait i i'm very tired of that i'm very done with that yeah yeah but yeah so it's like yeah the tombstone is like luke carter's tombstone is there I can't remember who else is po. there. Pose is there. And I think inscription the game. Right, okay. And I don't know if there's any process to what order you put them on. I just put them just on. Just grab them at random, yeah. yeah. When I get the credits, I feel like I've hit the end. And I think once you say goodbye to Leshy and it's gone, that's when you get the credits. Right, and then you get some weird... Oh, it's the, it's the, the little guy dancing. <laughs> little guy that's been locked in the drawer, isn't it? Um... So the credits roll, and then that's it. Yeah, it's just basically game over. But I went through, I recorded all of the bits where there's static and like digital interference. So I was like, there's something here, and there is, but it links to the hex. Oh, that's why you can't tell me yet, because 
I haven't played it yet. It's well, not I a huge spoiler, but and I would love to include this in the video here. Just well, maybe st- by the time we release this video, I will have played. So right, yeah. <laughs> so it's nothing huge. It's not. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not a big spoiler, but it's just. Uh, it's just something that is like, oh, so is there a connection? Or oh, there, mu- there must be. And so um, the story. Can we just discuss that then, just before we wrap up? Then sure. So the story is so. So basically, Luke bought the inscription cards from the mum from the garage sale. That mum was Casey's mum, and Casey worked at inscription game Funa. That's right, game Funa. And so she worked on the inscription game. She mysteriously died or disappeared or something like that. I think she. I think she said she died in a fire. Um. So basically, she buried the disc and gave the coordinates to whoever wanted to find it. Um, this is one of my problems with the game, is that I want to know everything. And that's part of what I like about playing games, is discovering all the little secrets. But it's impossible to do this in this game because you need to join the Discord and you need to be part of the ARGs. And while I like that, I just don't seem to have the time for it anymore. And so... I want to be. I want to be given everything in game. I don't want to have to go and join Discord and 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 you know go go, go through files and things. But luckily, someone else has and they posted it all. So I got. I, I did manage to go and find it and read about it. And so what they said was what or what they did was uh, on the Discord is they put everything together. Harry Wilkinson or Barry Wilkinson, whatever. He's got that passport page and the Mage's Tower. And then I was wondering, like, who is this guy? It turns out he's a Cold War spy. And so he went to, he stole this inscription disc from the Soviets. It supposedly belonged to Hitler. And so it has this whole Nazi occultist, like Raiders of the Lost Lost Ark stuff to it. Wait, sorry, you lost me. <laughs> Hitler had a floppy disk. <laughs> yeah. And well, not even like the original eight inch floppy floppy disk but the hard floppy disk that became so common that's right much later because okay. i don't know if it was the disk or if it was maybe some essence that they found but they put it onto a disk harry wilkinson went over and he stole the disk from the soviets and he gave it to or he took it to game funa game funa is probably a f- cover front for some cia wing of weird like technology occultism and so Casey, this is what I don't understand. Did Casey bury the disc? But then why would she give coordinates? If she didn't want it to be found, if it was too dangerous to be found, why did she put coordinates on the card for someone else to find? Maybe it was for herself. or So maybe it's quite possible she faked her own death and that she was going to come back for it later and she needed the, those cards. But Luke kind of got himself into hot water by directly calling Game Funa, who were like, oh, yeah, we want our property back. Like, someone's found it, you know? So they were like, gold mine. Um, that's great. And so that's why he was killed for it. What was really interesting was there was a, there, there is a final ending, and I'll put it up in the video. Um, the, 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 the final ending was a, a, a thing on YouTube where Luke's computer suddenly switches on after he's dead. And then it says, like, uploading store page, uploading the images, uploading review page. And it's basically Poe's final last gasp of uploading an inscription to Steam um, or to the internet, I guess. And so, and I guess that's why we're playing it. But at the same time, I don't understand if we were playing inscription, it would be the 2D Act 2. But what we are doing, we are watching a video of Luke 
playing inscription. Right, because there are times where you can hear his voice. You even hear him talking like, this card is so OP, you know? It's like, we are watching a video of Luke playing inscription. So the inscription store page would be for the 2D card game or, or post level. So I'm not sure. And again, I, I wrote down, unless maybe there's an actual inscription game on the way. Maybe that's, maybe, maybe there's going to be some inscription part two that Dan Mullins is, is going to be working on. Or shut up, Darren. It's just a game. <laughs> I have and no I'm idea. guessing it's the second one <laughs> but because it's like yeah I mean it's only, there's only so far you can take it yeah so so Poe wins in a sense I guess in that ending yeah Inscription it just brings so many elements of so many games together in the way that Dan Mullins just does so well it looks good it plays well I want to play it again I've been <laughs> it's been an effort to not play again right because you're busy this month, yeah. And I just don't have time to put two days away again. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that once I fire it up again, that's exactly what's going to happen. I think it is really something special. And I'm glad to have gotten in on this one very early. Before, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, when I played Pony Island, it had been out, but it hadn't been spoiled for me. Yeah, because it was just a... It was a f- for for me, it was a what do you call it? Like a one of those like quote unquote hidden gems. You know, I just I got it for a, I got it in a bundle for a dollar that was part of three other four other games. This one, I'm a bit worried that I would have somehow spoiler would have happened, mm. and I was glad to get in early. I was glad to get in early on the hype on this one and to feel what that's like to get in early. I'm not going to do it all the time because I'm too cheap, mm-hmm. but it is in a way. Kind of nice to get in, especially in a game like this where I didn't find any bugs. No, nothing. So that was great to have an early game that didn't have any sort of major issues that stopped me from playing. The only issues were me because I (laughs) didn't think through things clearly enough. I'm the bug, yeah. We will very likely do the hex in the future. I definitely want to after having played Pony Island and playing this one. I think Dan Mullins... Whatever he puts out is going to be on my wish list. Yeah, he's got a formula and he's, sti- he's sticking to it. And I like that because now I'm hoping his next game is, is kind of similar but different. But I hope he doesn't radically change something because it's like he's got this formula and it really works well for me. And so I want to I want to keep continuing to play in this kind of dark, creepy, weird, fourth wall breaking, occasionally breaking world. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to the next one and I probably will, this will be like a day one purchase for me because I mean, inscription as well, let's talk about the price. The price is 20 bucks and I've already got 27 hours out of it and I have no intention of stopping yet. Instant value for money. It's, it's, uh, it's less than a dollar an hour. Amazing. Gaps filled and more gaps created. 